0: Welcome to TradFi to DeFi, a community-driven podcast about crypto and decentralized finance. This is Tyler Sherwin, and I'm joined by John Teigen. Together, our goal is to teach, encourage, and inspire you to seize opportunities in this emerging world of DeFi. Let's get started. All right everybody, well, we're excited for another episode today on the TradFi to DeFi podcast and John, I'm pretty excited about today's topic. It is a an important one on the topic of safety and security. Yeah,
1: I, I think, you know, we've covered a couple episodes of of the benefits of DeFi and how some of it works and and all the all the all the pluses and You know, one of the things that everybody needs to be aware of is, is, is some security that goes along with this. You know, there's, uh, you know, if you get away from, uh, intermediaries taking, um, you know, their responsibility and protecting you, so to speak as, as, as the fee that they, they charge, um, that, that responsibility of protecting yourself falls more on you now and, and, uh. And so we just thought it would be a good time to cover some of those points to make sure everybody is aware uh, of what they're getting involved in and, and how to protect themselves.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to set it up because uh, fraud is an important thing that we pay attention to in our traditional financial lives, right? If you notice a strange bank account transaction or if you go to log into a certain website, you type in security codes and you click boxes to make sure you're not a robot we have some familiarity with these concepts of operational security in our day-to-day financial lives. And people often think, well, okay, that's, that's one type of uh, activity you have to be careful about is financial activity. And then there's this whole new thing called crypto and decentralized finance. What are some of those same sort of security practices we need to also take into account? Uh, Because like you said, we've gotten rid of intermediaries. Aren't we losing a lot of security with that, John?
1: Well, uh, we're just, we're not really losing security. We're just p- placing the responsibility for that security on the user a little bit more. And the, there's no more or less secure uh, in, in this world we live in, where there's money floating around, people will try to get it. And you either secure yourself or pay somebody else to secure, provide security for you. So it's not more or less secure, it's just where the responsibility lies in that security.
0: Okay, so then let's kind of lay this out for people. At the very base level, how are we interacting with these assets? How do I hold crypto and what's required to secure it at a very primitive level?
1: Well, well, really what, what needs to happen is you know, when you purchase a cryptocurrency from an exchange, say, you, know, you can leave your money with the exchange and they take care of it, similar to the way a bank does. But what you want to do is, is provide your own personal security and have a non-custodial wallet, which, which you have access to and only you have access to. Uh, but there's just, just like on any other uh, website or account that you have on the internet, you have an ID and a password, and you need to remember that and change it from time to time because people can hack into your account if they know your password. Well, it's very similar with crypto, but in these non-custodial wallets using cryptography, there's something called a seed phrase, which is basically a very long and elaborate password that uh, that allows access to your assets, and uh, and there's uh, you know it, it it is the password to all your assets. So it's 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 something that you're responsible for. Now, if you go to Bank of America and somebody hacks into Bank of America, you know, they take some responsibility for that security and you may have an ability to get it back. In crypto, this security lies strictly with you and it's with that wallet and it, with that seed phrase.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned this idea of keys, like, like seed phrase. And, and what I want to point out is that that seed phrase is tied to a private key. And so this is kind of what makes up this idea of public key cryptography which is underpinning all of crypto, all crypto assets and blockchain technology is this idea of of a two keys, a public key and a private key, uh, oftentimes referred to as a public wallet address, and then a private key that is used to access assets that you can think of are held in that wallet. And so when you said uh, non-custodial, John, what did you mean by that? Is that, you know, funds are held at a crypto exchange does that mean that the exchange has the key to those assets correct correct
1: they're there they're they are the custodian of that and uh and you still may have a uh, a password to log into the exchange to have access to your funds but that those 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 assets actually are, are there in their custody they have responsibility for uh, its safety uh, whereas non-custodial there is you are your own custodian uh, I think non-custodial kind of uh, maybe a misnomer, You, it's really self-custody. Really self-custody. What that, because yeah. you, you have custody of
0: your own assets. Only you have access to it. Nobody else does. Got it. So if I can make an analogy here, maybe, John, tell me if this resonates with you. If you think of that public wallet address, uh, you can think of that a lot like a PayPal handle or maybe a Cash App uh, sign where, You can share that handle with others, and you're not at risk of having your funds being stolen. It's kind of like giving somebody your address to your home. They know where to reach you. They know how to send you mail. But that doesn't mean that they can necessarily go into your home and take your assets and move them around. Similar to how if you gave your PayPal password to somebody, they could then log into your account and then send funds elsewhere. It's this private key that you want to keep secure that allows you to access the assets in the wallet and on the blockchain and and you know we're we're using these metaphors here to kind of help people visualize this cuz at a very more technical level uh, it's it's a little different than what i'm describing but fundamentally i think john this this metaphor works pretty well if you think of a a home address in order to get into it you need a key and so using the same analogy of the wallet address you would need the private key to get access to that crypto
1: right and
0: and that's, that 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 is a good analogy and it's just it just takes
1: a little while to to familiarize with it because there are some some terms, you know, private keys, public keys, seed phrases. These are all really just different words for things that you already use and know, whether it's an email address or a, a login ID or a password. They're all kind of the same thing, but there's a lot of there's a lot of technology behind those things that make it work really well and make it more secure than your email or your bank account at, a, at a, you know, an online banking account. So uh, knowing that, uh, I, I think the next thing, once you have that password, uh, there's some certain types of security around that password that you need to take that, uh, you know, is fairly commonplace with, with well, I think we take it for a for granted on the internet. Well, I have a password, and I got to change it, and you know, do this. But there's since this is a large amount of of money uh, potentially that you could have uh, that that it, that can be stolen from you if you're careless with your seed phrase. So, so Tyler, you know, you probably have some good examples of some really good security rules or, or practices
0: that people.
1: Yeah should probably follow with that seed phrase.
0: When you're taking your security seriously, there are ways that you can secure your private key and avoid it falling into the wrong hands. Oftentimes people will have what's called a paper wallet, meaning that they will spin up a wallet with software on their computer, and on the computer they will be generating a 12 to 24 word seed phrase, which can be put into the computer to then spit out a sequence of numbers and letters that then are used as the private key in transactions. Well, whoever gets access to that seed phrase, as I mentioned, can access the funds that are held in the wallet. So what you wanna do is you wanna write down that seed phrase in on a piece of paper and put it in a folder and put it somewhere safe that only you know about. Oftentimes people will actually put it in a bank vault, which is kind of ironic because you're kind of like being your own bank, but you put it in a bank where you know that it's safe in a safety deposit box. Another way to secure your private key, which is to actually get what's called a hardware wallet. And a hardware wallet, you can plug in your uh, seed phrase and sign your transactions in a way that does not expose your seed phrase to the internet. So essentially, wherever you are putting in your private key, whether it's online or in a, uh, like I mentioned in a envelope or writing it down, if someone else can get access to that seed phrase, they can compromise your assets. It's often a bad idea to write your seed phrase down in a file on your computer because if somebody were to hack into your computer and get access to that file, they could read your seed phrase and compromise your account
1: right and and it's kind of funny because people go well i i don't have it in a word document on a file i here's one way i'll do it i'll take a picture of that piece of paper and then store that picture on my my my, my iphone and that, that's the same thing you know i it, it's funny some people think that that's safe but that's really not safe if there's any place that has a copy of those seed phrases electronically Somebody will get to it if they want to. So that, that's really the whole point is don't have it stored electronically anywhere. Hardware wallet is, is separate, as, as he explained, but on your iPhone, on your laptop, uh, uh, on your iPad or some place like that. Those, If people want to, those are hackable devices. And, and if there's a copy electronically on those devices, they can get to it if, if, if they want to.
0: And John, to that point, there's, you know, there's a lot more to operational security besides just this securing of your private key. Yeah. Yeah. That is
1: probably, uh, you know, as, as people have become better at securing their seed phrase and writing it down and storing it in a safe deposit box at the bank, um, criminals are very, very effective. And one of the more common ways is, is, by socially programming somebody to give them that seed phrase. It's the old, it's the old con job, right? That that has been happening for thousands of years. They, they, they play on your emotions and, and they, uh, they, they establish some sort of trust with you where you go, Oh, well here, here, this is how you, you know, uh, help me out. I, I got a transaction stuck on the internet and here, help me out. And they're like, and I'm the good guy. I'll help you, you know, and they take your seed phrase and, then all your money's gone. Um, so social programming and that is really a, a one way that catches people by surprise because they're, they're caught in a situation or they find themselves in, an, in a situation that they're emotional and they respond to social programming. And uh, so just be aware of that. Don't ever share it with anybody. Uh, you know, just <laughs> to play it safe with anybody. That's all. Absolutely.
0: You should you should consider any uh, unprompted or surprising uh, individual who is reaching out to you in a unprompted fashion. You should always be very skeptical of that. And uh, a good rule of thumb is that if somebody is asking you to type in your seed phrase somewhere or a new app that you're opening is asking for you to type in a seed phrase, you are looking at an attempt to steal all of your money. Uh, so do not do that. Do not put your seed phrase in any sort of application. Uh, there are very, very, very limited use cases in which that would be necessary. Perhaps you're having to recover another wallet that you had, but that is not something that you should be in the the habit of doing when you come across instances where people are asking you for your seed phrase. It's definitely a no-go.
1: Right. And, and along with those wallets, and since that's what contains, uh, the, the keys, uh, and, and, and is, is, is of most importance. One of the way, uh, that people, uh, use to secure this is not only, uh, is, is what's called multi-sig, where, where more than one person has to give that information, two separate seed phrases, possibly, where, uh, you know, in an account that doesn't change very often, usually you have to have, say, I have an account and, uh, Uh, I have to log in and and make a trade well if it if it's if it's a high enough value then I would say somebody like Tyler said well Tyler has a seed phrase that he has to type in and without those two things uh, those two signatures on that wallet and there could be more than two there could be three or four it really really depends companies do that all the time uh, is is that will allow an extra layer, layer of security because unfortunately, there are unscrupulous people who uh, will, with threat of violence, say, give me your seed phrase. And, you know, that's, you know, (laughs) that's a stupid thing to put your life at risk for money. But that's between you and anybody else. But they can get your seed phrase. They can force it out of you. But if you if I sign it and Tyler has to sign it, that means if Tyler, who who is all the way across the country, uh, separate from me, uh, you know it would be very hard for them to coordinate that and and get that from both of us at the same time.
0: Yeah, and you raise a good point, John, which is that as the, the amount of money that you're securing in crypto increases, uh, risk of you being in such a position as you've described does increase. And this is why as you secure an asset uh, that grows to be six figures and then seven figures and larger, you may want to consider these more uh secure methods of securing your crypto and a multi-sig is a great way to do that because no matter how much you are under duress you can only provide one of the keys to sign on a transaction and so that gives you another layer of security so you start securing larger amounts it may be time to consider actually going with a trusted custodian that uses perhaps a multi-sig that can give you that extra layer of security it all depends on the amount of money that you're securing in the space Right. And, and, and,
1: you know, as you said, as, as the, the amount of money secure, um, the level of people and the, the links they will go to to get it. I mean, that, that's obvious. You know, somebody, you know, is going to spend a lot more money and effort trying to get $100 million than uh, $1,000. So uh, the security has to rise to that level as well. So, so really, that's, that's, that's an excellent point. But you know that being said and I know this kind of sounds scary and it sounds like a lot but you know do the, does do these things happen are they stolen yes but the vast majority are are because people don't follow these very basic and simple rules it's not like people are being held at gunpoint every day for their seed phrase that doesn't happen but but you know you still need to be aware that as, as the amount that you're trying to secure rises, you need to take the appropriate measures. And we just want to make you aware that, you know, most people, you know, don't get their crypto stolen. Usually it's because they mess up on some social programming things or they leave their money on a, on an exchange that's a, a custodial wallet that they have no control over. So, but it's always good to be safe, it's always good to be secure, and we just thought that it was a really good idea before we get any further on this issue of, of DeFi that you know, people are educated and they do know and they do take these things into
0: consideration. Yeah, I think, John, it would be helpful if we put a link to one of our articles that we wrote for the community on OPSEC basics. We called it Dodging DeFi Disaster. And we'll post a link to it here in the show notes. And it goes through a couple of the points that we made, as well as goes into depth on a few others, just giving you some uh, insight into how to secure your crypto in a way that gives you peace of mind. So we hope that's helpful for you. And as always, you know, John and I are here to answer your questions and be available to you. So feel free to reach out and join our Discord and join the community and get the conversation going. Anything else you wanted to add, John? No, that should be it. And I hope everybody
1: uh, learned something today. Awesome.